Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of a Leadership Habit Podcast, we're doing a mini-sode. And I am going to be talking about how you can lead confidently with positive communication. And let's be honest, it actually starts with how we talk to ourselves. But before we get into the show, I want to remind you that every single month, Crestcom offers a complimentary webinar that is open to the public, all on relevant topics that we know can help you now be the best that you can be. And our topic on Thursday, January 26th at 10 a.m. Eastern is New Year, New Mindset. Develop a growth mindset for a successful 2023. You can register for this webinar by going to crestcom.com and then finding it available on our resources tab. And there you can also find a complimentary ebook on leadership. Now, I hope that I can see you there. I love that topic. I think it's a really important way to actually look at our coming year and how we can build our success. And it actually connects with what we're going to be talking about now, leading confidently with positive communication. This topic is incredibly important as many of us are starting to have more conversations about mental health at work. We have to understand what is going on in our brains. And to do that, I want to just share some stats with you right now. And one powerful stat, or at least powerful to me, this is from the National Science Foundation. And they found that an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those, 80% are negative, meaning that we might assume the worst is going to happen because we want to protect ourselves and be prepared when it is. Or we used our past experiences, failures, missteps, and we think that it's going to hold true today. So 80% of our thoughts are actually negative, and it's also attributed to what they would call a negativity bias. And I'll jump into that in a second. But here's the other piece I want you to remember. 80% of them are negative, but yet 95% of them are repetitive thoughts. Meaning yesterday, if I woke up and I told myself that I was not a great leader, that I could not be successful, chances are you're going to feel the exact same thing today. But here's what I want to remind you. You actually always get to choose your thoughts. But let's go back to that stat that I shared about 80% of our thoughts are negative. One of the reasons for this is that we have negativity bias. As humans, we tend to remember the traumatic experiences better than the positive ones. That actually is something that I feel like we do as perfectionists. Oh, well, I did that, but I didn't do it perfect. So I'm going to judge myself based on those mistakes. Negativity bias also might sound like recalling insults better than praise or reacting more strongly to negative stimuli. We might be a little bit more defensive or thinking about negative things more frequently than positive ones. This is actually where anxiety can live. And again, another way that we might demonstrate this is by responding more strongly to negative events than to equally positive ones. And I would go back to that perfectionist example. We sometimes discard that positive feedback that we get, especially if we think that we didn't do it perfectly. But let me just give you that definition of the negativity bias. 
It's the bias towards the negativity leads you to pay much more attention to bad things that happen, making them much more important than what they really are. And I want you to reflect, what impact do you think that a negativity bias might have on your work, on how you lead a team, or on how you show up at work? In your head, of those 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, it might sound like, it's too late for me, so why try? But what will they think of me? Or, I'm so stupid. I can't do it. I'm so embarrassed. Why did they get picked over me? Is something wrong with me? Now, I say this to you because these are common examples of how many of us speak to ourselves, but I want to encourage you to change the way that you talk to yourself. And the only way that we can actually communicate in a positive way is if we actually start talking to ourselves in a more positive and compassionate manner. But let me quick jump in and tell you four main energy drains or the things that also might be barriers on top of that negativity bias to how we have a positive mindset or how we talk to ourselves. These are positivity barriers, and they are known as the acronym GALES. That's G-A-I-L. So let's talk about these energy blocks. They're the things that get in our way that disrupt our ability to Think positive about a situation. The G in Gale is the gremlin. And this is the inner critic that we all have that's telling us some version of you are not good enough, which creates a sense of inadequacy. Of course, it lowers our confidence and it increases our stress and our anxiety. And it decreases our way to actually have influence. And here's the point. If you're thinking to yourself, Oh my gosh, I absolutely have a very strong inner critic. Know that it's totally common that every single one of us actually has it. So that's the G of the energy drainers, Gales. That's the G in Gale. Now the A are assumptions. It's believing that since it happened before, it will happen again. And it might sound like because that customer didn't want to invest in my services, No one will want to invest in my services. Because I applied for that job and didn't get it, I'll never get a job. Or because I got passed over for that promotion once, it's absolutely going to happen again. The challenge with assumptions is that it's data that may or may not be true. It's not likely true that because you didn't get one job, you're not going to get another. This is where our resilience needs to live in challenging these assumptions and not using them to dictate our decisions of the presence. Because as leaders, you might notice this in the form of that employee or that individual did that once, they're going to do it again, so I don't trust them. Or we can use other assumptions to maybe avoid risk or keep ourselves safe. We make assumptions to make decisions. So of our energy drainers, we talked about the first two of Gale, the gremlins and the assumptions. Now we get to talk about the I in Gale, which is interpretations. Now interpretations are creating an opinion on an event, a situation, or an experience that you believe is the only explanation. Now, let's describe what this might look like. Let's say that we go into a social event and you see a friend there and you're waving, so excited to see them, but you notice they don't respond. 
They actually give you no wave and they don't even acknowledge your presence. So you start thinking to yourself, what did I do wrong? I must have made them angry. Where did my actions create that type of response? We start to interpret it without actually knowing the truth. And we think that that's the only explanation. Whereas if I expand my viewpoint and I go back to that example, maybe the reason that my friend didn't wave back is because they didn't see me. What if it's not always the first story that comes to mind? How we interpret our life comes down to the difference between our truth and the truth. And if you can't go ahead and you're looking at a situation and there's a lot of uncertainty, remember that you get to choose how you perceive it. You can choose how to interpret it. And most of us will interpret the worst likely outcome. But I want you to challenge your brain to think about, well, what else could I be missing? Maybe they just didn't see me. So interpretations, this is what leaders, what individuals, we do all day long. We're trying to assess our surroundings. Are we on the same page? Did I miss something? And again, I just want you to remember that interpretations happen. It's our kind of first impression of an observation. But remember that sometimes it's wrong. Now we talked about the I, so gremlins, assumptions, interpretations, and let's go into limiting beliefs, which is the final piece of our energy drainers. Now, limiting beliefs are opinions or beliefs about the world that limit us in some way. For example, I'm too old to change careers, or because I'm a woman, I can't do that, or because I'm a man, I can't do that. Think about it as a general rule that limits us or constrains us in some way. Hey, if I tell myself I'm too old, hey, because I'm so old, I can't possibly change careers. Well, then I won't have the confidence to actually do it because I'm listening to that rule and making it reality. When in fact, you get to call the shots and create the rules for your own life. But here's the piece that I want you to be a little bit curious about, because many of these limiting beliefs are actually things that we learned over time. They might be messages we heard from parents or messages that were reinforced from teachers or coaches or bosses. And we have to watch for this, especially in the form of how we make decisions, how we delegate and trust people, and even understanding the rule that limiting beliefs can play on innovation. Hey, we tried that once before and it didn't work, so I know the same thing will happen. Or because we're too small, we can't do something that big. So I want you to challenge that. And if you're trying to coach around one of these four areas, the gales, I want you to be mindful of challenging the self-doubt. Name it. Understand what that message is. You might be saying, I am not good enough. I am not smart enough. I do not have the experience. Challenge it and know that it's totally natural to have those thoughts, but you don't want to hold on to them, that you reinforce them and repeat them every day that you actually believe that they're the truth. And in terms of assumptions, you can challenge that by saying, well, just because it happened once before, who says it must happen again? Just because someone didn't hire me does not mean no one will hire me. And if you want to challenge interpretations, you might ask, did your coworker really try to make you mad? Or was your coworker actually trying to explain something or represent a point of view that might be missing? 
a lot of times we might assume that someone's out to get us when, as a matter of fact, it might just be that they have a different approach to how we're looking at the problem. And if you want to challenge limiting beliefs, the place that I would start with is because I'm a man, I can't express emotions or because I'm a woman, I can't do this. I want you to challenge it. What proof do you have that it's true? If you think in terms of the example around careers, you know, I'm too old to be able to change. If we look and just put in a Google search, you will see that many people actually created success later in life after changing their calling. So asking yourself, what proof do you have that this is true? Either having a conversation, looking online, look for ways to actually disarm and undermine that rule to show yourself that it's actually a limiting belief and it's not necessarily the truth. Now, as a closing reflection question, as we talk about gales, what I want you to think about is what gale or energy drainer holds you back from being positive? Is it that gremlin or inner critic? Is it assumptions? Because it happened once, it's going to happen again. Is it how we interpret that world? Perception is reality for us, but we can always challenge that perception. And then, of course, limiting beliefs. Now, why do we need to care about this? The benefits of positive self-talk are many. It improves our health, specifically our immune system. It can reduce pain. It can improve our cardiovascular health and our mental health. We, of course, can have positive self-esteem or an increase in confidence, greater life satisfaction. We can also reduce stress by controlling our thoughts. And of course, and this is what research says, We can actually have an increased lifespan so we can live longer if we change the way that we talk to ourselves. And here's the other piece that I want to really drive home. It's a public service announcement that I want all of you to hear. If you don't remember the energy drainers, I want you to remember this specific thought, or I should say statement. Thoughts are not facts. Thoughts are not facts. Going back to how we opened up this mini-sode, many a times we don't realize that we're actually having the same thought over and over again, that we actually think it's true and know that that's only because of the impact of negativity bias or the repetition of saying that thought over and over and over. So challenge your thoughts. If you're telling yourself as you're approaching a new project, I am not good enough. I do not have the skills for this. Add a yet at the end of it. Expand your possibilities. Open up your brain to see that, you know what? I I can figure this out. I can do this. I can learn a new skill. But I want you to be mindful. And also, this is where it's really, really important to be compassionate with yourself as it relates to self-talk. We have to pay attention to why we think the way that we think. And many of us have picked up thoughts or behaviors and these truths as a form of our own survival to help us be the best in the environments and the situations that they are. Why do we think the way that we think? It could be our childhood, messages that we heard from our parents. It could be past mistakes and wanting to make sure we never do it again. Of course, it's just past experience in general. And maybe it's our pain. We're trying to keep ourselves safe. Maybe it's that we received criticism and feedback in the past and we just assume that, well, 
I guess maybe my style isn't for everyone. I heard that one piece of bad feedback. Now I'm going to use that to say I'm not good enough. It could also be our own confirmation bias. We say it over and over again that we believe that it's true and there's no possible way to look at it. And it's also thinking about why do we think the way that we think? Pay attention to what you're consuming on your computer. Are you picking up social media and then starting to judge yourself? Well, I'm not as successful as them. Look at what they're doing. Gosh, everyone else must be living a better life than I am. Comparison is the thief of joy. And understand that it's natural to compare as a benchmark, and that can be really effective until it's not, until it costs you your mental health, until it costs you your confidence. And of course, why do we think the way that we think? We have triggers. We all have triggers, things that can prompt a particular thought pattern. And my trigger might be when I get a rejection, then I tend to go down a shame spiral of, Jen, you're so stupid. Why would you even think that you could do this? Everyone else can do it so much more than you. But there's also deeper level triggers, ones that might sound like, I feel judged. I feel blamed. I feel disrespected. I feel unimportant. I feel unwelcomed. When we're triggered, it makes it that much more challenging to manage our thoughts because we likely have a default stress response, either fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, that's attached to the action that happens as a result of that trigger. So again, if we're talking about trying to change our thoughts to improve our positive communication, it also starts with the foundation of emotional intelligence, of understanding that the benefit comes from responding, not from reacting. Now, if you don't, if the benefits weren't enough to talk about why we want to change the way that we talk, let's talk about the costs of negative self-talk, burnout, anxiety and depression, health, relationships. Hey, think about that. If I'm not feeling good enough about myself, I might not have as much trust. I might be more jealous. I might be more worried and insecure. Cost of negative self-talk, mistakes. If I'm constantly telling myself I'm going to goof up, well, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You will eventually goof up or withdrawal. When we start to tell ourselves, I'm not good enough, my opinions don't matter, who I am doesn't matter, we pull away. And that actually goes against what we as humans are designed to do, which is social beings designed for connection. But the cost of negative self-talk can also be substance abuse, perfectionism. And so to wrap up today, I'm going to talk about a five-step framework to improve your thinking. And it starts with, number one, listening. Two, highlighting, three, halting, four, replacing, and five, focusing. And listening is the foundation, again, of our emotional intelligence. What are the things that we're saying to ourselves? This is the opportunity to keep a judgment journal. What are the situations where you feel triggered? Maybe it's around particular people, especially those that have a higher power position. I want you to be aware of the situations where you might go within. You might start to withdraw. And once you're aware, that's the listening piece. So do a judgment journal and write down every single time that you start to shrink lower and lower or that you notice those gales popping in, the gremlin, the assumption, the interpretations, the limiting beliefs. Start to track that. 
Now, step number two to be able to improve your thinking is highlighting. This is where we do the hard work that many people don't do because we assume it's true because we thought it. But remember, thoughts are not facts. I want you to fact check the thought. Was this true all the time? Is there any reason to believe that you could actually have a different reaction? Another way to do this could also be asking, well, you know, how true is this? What evidence do I really have? Because highlighting this challenging piece is also a way for us to disable the impacts of things like imposter syndrome, you know, despite evidence of success, feeling like a fraud. This is where we need to fact check the thought. Hey, if you're feeling like a fraud, oh my gosh, they're going to find out that they hired the wrong person for this job. Well, let's fact check that. How true is it that they hired the wrong person for the job? What are your skills? What are your success stories of the past, your accomplishments? You'll likely find that you actually are the right person for the job. Now, step number three to improve your thinking is to practice stopping the thought. And one of my all-time favorite tools, and if you do anything again from this, maybe just start with stopping the negative thoughts. And there's one word that I love to use, and that's deflect. So when I start to say, Jen, you're never going to be successful. Everyone else is going to be more successful than you. You do not matter. You are not smart. Who do you think you are? Deflect. Deflect. I am not going down that rabbit hole. My thoughts are not facts. I just have to disrupt that repetitive thinking that came with me from yesterday that I programmed in over the last 40 years of my life. Deflect not go in there. And that word also helps when we start to drive up the anxiety, assuming the worst is going to happen. Deflect. Nothing's happened yet. We don't have to go there. And step number four to improve positive thinking is then focusing on that replacement. So we have the awareness. That's part of the highlighting and checking it. Then it's stopping the thought, but then it's saying, what do you want to say to yourself in respond or in response? So if I say, Jen, you're not good enough. A reframe or a replacement thought would be, I am good enough. Or if I said, I don't know this, I don't know this yet. That yet demonstrates again to your brain that you'll figure it out. And another way to challenge it is again, reminding yourself, what would you say to a friend? What would you say to them? Because we are so incredibly mean to ourselves. The greatest abuse a human will ever endure is the abuse inflicted upon them by themselves. And that quote is from the four agreements. And it's a reminder that sometimes we can actually be the biggest bullies to ourselves. And the final step to improve your thinking is focusing. And know that it's natural, that fear, that your past thoughts are going to come up. But this is where you can practice that growth mindset. Understand that, heck, you're always learning. If you're not growing, you're dying. Every single oper- or every single day is an opportunity to learn something new, do something new, and grow. Practice that growth mindset. Know that it, it's the opposite. Growth believes that we can always change. That fixed mindset says, nope, this is exactly who you are. And here's what I want to say to you. You can always change. But real talk, it requires you to put in the effort. And no one will want your success more than you. So you've got to want this for yourself. And just remember that you have been thinking about this for yourself, but everyone else around you also has bad programming. So be supportive, help people talk about it, normalize it. 
The more that we normalize these conversations, the less awkward or weird or judgment that we might have for ourselves. And the final quote that I want to leave you with is that if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change the way that you look at it. And that's from Mary Inglebright. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you next week at our webinar on January 26th. That's a Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, as we actually have a conversation about what we just talked about, how to build that growth mindset. If you enjoyed today's mini-sode, go ahead, leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service or share the wealth. Help other people disrupt their own thoughts so they can be happier and more positive. Maybe you have someone struggling with confidence. This could be an entryway that you could use as a coaching tool to have that conversation. And in closing, if you ever want assistance with developing your leaders, with making sure that you have the right tools to lead for the future of work, head on over to crosscom.com. We would love to help you with your developmental needs. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.